Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today is Friday, June 26th. Hi, it's Fearless Friday. So I'm hoping you'll join me in being fearless today on this Friday as we come together to talk about the issues that matter to all of us. As we are watching the news, we see where the coronavirus has again become the trending topic. And for most of us, our worst fears are being realized. We worried about this next wave. We worried that states who didn't think that they should practice social distancing or that they should practice wearing masks and states that reopened too quickly would end up in the position that we're in right now. And here we are a month later. Uh, People were made a rush to judgment, literally, to ignore the science and the facts. The facts are that science is what it is. These are individuals who have studied infectious diseases all over the world. Good morning. Thank you. And these are individuals who have spent a lifetime, if you will, studying infectious diseases and watching the models. They've created data that is on a grid, just like your accountant puts your data on a spreadsheet, just like you put your own household budget on a spreadsheet so you can tell how much money you are spending and how much money you are saving. It's the same way scientists take the data on infectious diseases and come up with workable models and recommendations. I have never understood why that was hard to accept from people who say they went to business school and people who say they're intelligent and people who say they work in corporate structures. I've never understood how you could refuse the data that the scientists have put forth, especially as it relates to the coronavirus. If they come out with data about cancer, you're going to accept that, but you wouldn't accept the data on coronavirus. And because of your pig-headedness and stubbornness, here we are today. Your refusal to acknowledge science is now costing people their lives. It's now costing people their livelihoods. I must say that in most states that are Republican-controlled, run by Republican governors, controlled by Republican legislatures, those are the states that most are suffering. That is just a candid view. You don't need a rocket scientist to tell you that there's something wrong with that. The second thing about those states that are Republican controlled with a Republican governor and Republican legislature, the other thing I've noticed about them is that they have no protections for people who are unemployed. They have the lowest rates of unemployment payments in the history of the United States in the history of the country and so they rush to reopen states because they think they're supporting businesses and now people are sick like a mug it's the craziest thing i've ever heard and you have the nerve to stand in front of the public as if you're championing racism and white supremacy and oppression it is what it is folks and you are telling people that i as a white person i'm standing in my shoes in my skin as a white person telling you to go back to work, knowing jolly well that if you go back to work, you're going to get sick. But I'm going to stand here and tell you something else because I know it can never happen to me because I have various levels of protection. That is as baseless and inhuman as you can be. I don't know how else to describe it. I am so disappointed in this current crop of politicians. It's unbelievable. Do you hear me? 
I am so disappointed. I am fed up just like the rest of us are. That you have the nerve to go campaign and big business supports these politicians. This is why I'm saying when you see these nowadays, nobody comes up with conspiracy. Nobody says anything is a conspiracy theory anymore because now we're all living in the reality of people who created these conspiracy theories. Now we realize that we're living in the reality of it. So it's not a conspiracy theory anymore because now you recognize that big businesses support politicians and politicians accept donations and go and propagate public policy that is it, that, that that is injurious to people because now in Florida and Texas they don't have the unemployment that some other states have and so people don't have a choice but to go back to work endangering their lives because they're a state that says people who get unemployment are lazy the presumption is unbelievable I couldn't live in those states. I, I tell you, I lived in Florida for a few years. I can't live there anymore. I, I, and I promise you, I'm not going to live in another state. I don't even know if I'd buy property in Florida. I don't know that I would. Why? Because I cannot support this foolishness of you not having protections for the most vulnerable people. That is crazy. You talk about being Christians sincerely. You know what Jesus said? What did Jesus say? Jesus said the poor will always be with us. If Jesus said the poor will always be with us, then what on God's green earth do you expect the rest of us to do? You have no compassion in providing protections within the system to protect the most vulnerable so people don't end up on the street. Right now in Detroit, they're working overtime because there are going to be a number 8,500 evictions are set to be enforced on the 1st of July. That's a lot of people. That's just 8,500 households. It does not include the number of people within those households. That's how many people are going to be homeless if they haven't left those uh, buildings and those dwellings already. So now we're working the, the, the community uh, of Homeless Action Network of Detroit, of which I'm a member, are working overtime to place people in a home so that they can be safe. We can get folks off the street and get people with their children in a safe environment. My God in heaven, where has our compassion gone? Langston Hughes said it best. When will America become America? Ronald Reagan said America is a city on a hill. But Governor Como from New York asked the question, it's a tale of two cities. That's what we're living in right now. Governor Como from New York, not the current governor, his father, Mario Como, not the current governor. Governor Mario Como of New York, who is now deceased, may he rest in peace, said at a Democratic convention, said this, he said, the city that Ronald Reagan, President Reagan was referring to, the country President Reagan is referring to, it's a tale of two cities. That's what we're living in. That's the reality we're living in right now. The reality we're living in is that America is not the city on a shining hill, the shining city on a hill. It's a tale of two cities. There is an America for the rich and the powerful. And there is an America where people are not powerful and they're not rich. And because of that, 
the system of white supremacy prevails and makes sure people who don't have power and people who don't have money are embedded and are forced to endure something like a pandemic. And it's almost as if we have no, it, it's happening right before our very eyes. And we're horrified at the America that is presented. I woke up last night. Did you all wake up to see the current administration, the president of the United States wants to strike down Obamacare. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the middle of people needing health insurance. And you're going to strike down Obamacare and invalidate it, meaning that the 46 million people who lost their jobs and who had to sign up for health insurance and the people who are sick and getting treatment right now in hospitals will not get treatment, so they will die. Where on God's green earth did you crawl out of? Where did you come from? Are you human? You're definitely not American. I can tell you that. Because the America I grew up loving, the America that I wanted to be a part of, was an America that was very compassionate, was an America that was saw immigrants as a part of the fabric and tapestry of the American fabric. That America is the America I wanted to be a part of. The America that said all are created equal. The America that said if you work hard, you can achieve your dreams. The America that said if you go to school and graduate, you're going to be successful. The America that said you deserve a piece of the pie if you're working to do it and making a difference every day. Where did that America go? Did that America disappear because some politicians determined that they want more of the pie? So they're going to take more from the states, more from the federal government, more and more so that they can continue to enrich themselves and put the rest of us in a scenario like the Hunger Games. Because that's where this is headed right now. We're headed straight downstream to the Hunger Games where they start quarantining people. I hate that word quarantine. Because it means they're going to identify sectors. And they're going to say, over here is where people are getting sicker and dying more. So you need to stay in your sector. America has divided itself. Not because this great ideal was not something it could live up to. But because it wanted to. Suddenly we were beset by agendas and egos of wicked people who saw nothing but wickedness in their hearts. Yes, you're all wicked. If you want to strike down Obamacare in the midst of a global pandemic, there's no other word to describe it, but you're wicked. And I am very sorry if I ever associated with you in the past. I never knew that this could eschew out of you. So you were looking at the rest of us as a piece of meat, as something that could walk up to a polling station and give you a vote. You got to be kidding me. Ain't about to happen. It's over. Pack your bags because it's over. It's done. Because this, my friends, listen to me very carefully. This next stuff that you see running through the streets of America right now that you see happening in Florida and Texas, it's going to take us out. We're going to watch people literally dying on the streets in the next several months that are coming up. The next few months. Matter of days. We're going to be sitting here watching this stuff unfold. July is coming. Watch for the reckoning. And the people, the problem is that the leaders are enshrouded in a bubble. They're not going to be affected. They're going to get on news media that are controlled by white supremacists. So the anchors, and they don't have any, they have to say the script that is in front of them. 
and they're going to get in front of it and say, the problem is not as bad and the problem is controlled. The coronavirus is not going to be controlled. This stuff is going to wipe us out. This is our day of reckoning. We were asleep at the switch. We should have been the leaders to make sure this does not become a problem to our own people right here on terra firma, right here in the United States. And then we were supposed to provide guidance to the rest of the world. So we could say, hey y'all, we're neighbors, but look, this is what we did. Here's what you can do and here's what we're gonna do to help you. That's the America I grew up with. That's the America I wanted to be a part of. The America that was benevolent, that was helping. The America that guarded justice and freedom and liberty. Where did she go? Where did she go? Where is liberty? Where's justice? The coronavirus is showing us who is boss. And the country I love, the country I would die for, if they came to me and said, okay, we need, we need all able-bodied people to go, I'm like, I'm signing up. I'm like, where do you need me right now? Tell me where. I would go defend the stars and stripes. I love this country. I love what it represents and what it could, could stand for. But it's asleep at the switch. We elected leaders who don't care about the country. We elected leaders who don't care. And so I want to ask this question today. I want to ask this question. I want to ask, why is it that uh, uh, America, why is it that America uh, created this stuff? Why? How did we get here? Right? And I have to ask this, 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 I have to ask this question because I cannot imagine how, how did this happen? How did this happen, y'all? How did this happen? How, how did this happen? I, I, I simply cannot understand how, how this happened. But the, the question I am going to say is that America allowed this to happen. We all were asleep at the switch. We all were literally just waiting for this to happen. We, we literally were. We literally were. We, we, we didn't do anything about it. So my question this morning is, all over the country you're seeing monuments and statues coming down, but here's what it represents for those seconds. who are oppressed. What it represents for those who are oppressed is what? It represents oppression. It represents oppression. That's what it represents. It represents oppression. Statues are monuments to oppression. And we got to be careful about that. And here's why I say that. Statues are monuments to oppression. All over the country, you're seeing all these statues that are coming down. It's not just here in the U.S. It's happening in Europe as well. They're just not showing it because they don't want people to become more emboldened. But what has happened is that black people and people of color are tired of being oppressed. And what other countries, what America has done is erect monuments to oppressors, people who conquered, people who held slaves, people who enforced Jim Crow, people who enforced the Confederacy, which enforced slavery. And you want me to walk past every day to look at a statue that reminds me 
of how much you oppressed my ancestors that now I can barely get started out of the gate because I don't have a 400 year head start. Are you kidding me? That statue needs to come down. What purpose does it serve? It is a constant reminder of the bad things of American past. Put it in a, in a museum and say this is General Lee, General Tom Brown, and he was part of the Confederacy, but don't put it out in the public and use my tax dollars to maintain it. Go put it in a museum. I was reading something last night. I went to look up uh, former governor of New York, Mario Como, because when I was growing up, he was an important political figure. He was very, he was well-liked and very impressive as a personality. And uh, his sons now are, uh, one is on CNN and one is the current governor of New York. And I went to, because there was something that was kind of triggering in my memory about the speech that Governor Como had given. I was a kid, young child. <laughs> but you know, it's so emboldened and captured the imagination, you know, of the whole world at the time. So I went to look up Governor Como. Do you know Governor Mario Como is of Italian descent, right? And when he graduated law school, he applied to 50, 50 law firms in the New York area. And not one of them hired him because of the prejudice against his ethnicity. He's Italian. The prejudice against his ethnicity. Well, look how time has changed. That has now become woven into the American fabric. And being of Italian descent just means you're white and part of the white power structure. But eight, 70 years ago, it wasn't. This is what black Americans are fighting for today. To become part of the American tapestry to become woven into the fabric of American society and to assume our place that our ancestors worked for and slaved for. We got to do better than we are doing right now. There should be no talk about naming a street Black Lives Matter. There should be no opposition to any corporate entity in America reforming their policies so that all people, especially people of color, can live. Because let's just be clear. American commerce is based on the work of slaves who built that and gave us since 1871 the power to call ourselves American, the power to have the number one economy in the world. This is why when people are talking about China taking over, I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you have any idea how much money we have? We have money into the, the quadrillions. We made it. Because we've been the number one economy since 1871. That's not about to change. Do you see where I'm coming from? So now, if it's been since 1871 and slavery was just abolished a few years before, sounds to me like blacks have a lot to do with that success. So reparations is not a far consideration. We never got our piece of the pie. We never got the recognition that we contributed to the commerce. We've been derided, demeaned, put down, stomped on, kneeled on, beaten, chased, shot at, lynched publicly, lynched where white people come and have a party, have a picnic around a lynching of a black person and made fun of picking at the black person and chopping off parts of the black person. Yes, your, your white ancestors did that. 
you need to go read your history. It's written in your history books. So go read that. Right? And we got to come to this reckoning where we have to recognize that this needs fixing. I see where Apple, I have iPhones, MacBooks, iPads. I see where Apple is donating $100 million to the cause of racial justice. And I'm like, a handout? Seriously? I'm not impressed. I see where Bank of America built. Again, a Bank of America started in the South, so we already know how their origins, based in the South, mm-hmm, is giving away a billion dollars. I'm like, how many black people are in the power structure of these large American corporations? The America that impressed me when I was growing up was the America that If something happened anywhere else in the world, America was the first one on the spot to give out help, to send doctors, send medical equipment, to restructure, help people restart their economy. Where did that America go? You realize that the power you enjoy was because you gave away. You can't sit here over here and conserve. Teddy, what's his name? FDR realized that. He realized that to have a safer world, that the kind of evil he saw in Europe didn't come here. He realized that he had to go to Europe to lend help. So he did. He sent American troops to fight and to help liberate Europe. When that was done, he sent American money. We never stopped. We didn't stop giving until the 1960s. The Marshall Plan restructured and reignited Europe's economies. Them suckers are meeting in Belgium today to determine if they should ban Americans. I'm like, to hell with it all. What are you all doing? Why are you all supporting Prada and Gucci? And they're meeting to determine whether or not they want American money. And if we didn't buy Louis Vuitton, if we didn't buy Prada and Gucci, if we didn't uh, go to their fashion houses in Milan and Rome, and Paris, they wouldn't have Jack. If we didn't write songs and make movies about their cities, they would have been forgotten. If we as tourists don't line up and go visit their monuments every summer, they wouldn't have Jack. And yet they're gonna sit in Brussels today because they're having a hiss of it that we have the coronavirus. Yeah, we have a virus, yeah. So does the whole world. Yeah, we were late getting off the books for the first time in history. We got caught with our pants down because the president was watching too much Fox News and didn't pay attention to his intelligence reports and the briefings. He thought he was smarter than the people giving him the briefings. So now it's thrown up in his face. It's going to cost him an election. But that doesn't mean that you Europeans get a chance to throw stuff back at the people who liberated you from Nazism and fascism. Guess what? I have news for you. Europe, Europe, we're never gonna forget. You will have another Hitler. You will have another dictator rise up. We ain't gonna forget. I'm gonna make sure that my descendants do not forget that they liberated you and then you turned around and turned your backs on us. I'm gonna make sure of it. 
And the rest of us, we should. You want to see America for Americans? Okay. 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 For over 80 years. Do you see what I'm talking about? So all over this world and all over Europe, you see all these statues to Christopher Columbus and to people. And what does the statue stand for? You've got to know the history. I, I think in a lot of ways, we are forgetting history. And we are forgetting that the America that may have existed in the 1950s and 60s, where you could literally just beat people into submission, that America does not exist. So people are now questioning what it, what it is. I kid you not. We've been saying for years that white supremacy and oppression exist. And white people were blind. They didn't listen. You know what happened? George Floyd. That made white people so very uncomfortable. They took to marching too. They're like, I can't believe this. So all along you guys were right. We thought you were just making noise. White people could not believe what they saw. With, and they know that the only reason Derek Chauvin's knee was on George Floyd's neck was because George Floyd is black. That was the reckoning. That's what it took for white power structures around the country to say, whoa, these folks will rise up against us. We've got to say something and do something even if it's token. The problem with this is that tokenness is over. Tokenness was Jim Crow. I'm telling you, there's a reckoning that is coming. Watch for it. If America does not repay and does not fix this system there it may not happen in my lifetime I may not even live to see I don't know but there is a reckoning coming because people are fed up how long did you think this was going to last the same problem with slavery exists today the owners of slaves they didn't have an exit strategy they didn't have a what-if scenario and so slavery just the people in Africa whom they were stealing people from and kidnapping people, human trafficking, began to resent them when they came and were prepared for them. So they couldn't find labor anymore. It became not feasible. Then within their own countries, people were rising up like, seriously, you went to another person's country and you took people against their will? That's not right, that's, that's just not human. The Bible speaks against that. So within their own countries, they were facing derision. So the, the slave trade, the international slave trade, was declared illegal and aborted. But you had people over here who were saying, hell no, I want to make some more money. Let me set up my generations. Today, one family in Alabama, whose, this, whose ancestor what brought the last slave ship over from Benin, Africa, his generations today are worth $55 million. If I were a descendant of the people from Benin who lived in that town, I am getting my share of that $55 million. You best believe. Oh, yes, you would. You would be paying me up. Because those folks were brought here and enslaved so this man could continue to make money. Go read the history. Bob Marley said, if you don't know your history, you don't know where you're coming from, and you won't know where you're going. 
You won't know where you're going. You don't have this history. The past is a guide to the future. The past is a roadmap to the future. We're looking, America, and we're looking at the past, and we're saying those statues are monuments to oppression, and if we allow them to continue, they're going to be part of our future. We can't have that anymore. We can't have a system of systemic oppression. And we've got to recognize that the people who have money and who are powerful, I'm not one of them. I'm just like you. The people who have money and who are powerful need to understand that it's time for reckoning. They need to get that very clearly. That it's not enough to run behind our gated communities. It's not enough to get in our cars and drive off because when they were giving out money after the CARES Act, people who were millionaires and who earned a million dollars last year got a million dollars. The rest of us got 1200 Those people got a million dollars. That is as inequitable a distribution as could be. That is slavery. That is bringing back slavery. America is built for the powerful and the rich. Now, if you are black or you're Hispanic and you're powerful and rich, you get away with the financial part of it, but socially and systemically, you're still going to be subject to racism and prejudice. This is why it's important to take the statues down. If you are going to put up a statue, put up a statue of Harriet Tubman, put up a statue of someone who stood up in the face of racism and fought for it. Put up a statue to someone who stood up and fought for oppression to be overturned. Someone we can all rally around. You may not like their political ideals because no one is perfect. So for all of us who are searching for this perfect leader, there is no perfect one. Have you never heard the Bible say that the only perfect man that existed, they hung him on a tree? That tells all of us that there is no perfect person. So if you're going to put up a statue, put up a statue to somebody who is able and who has a record of helping others. Where's Martin Luther King's statue? Where's his statue? Let's start right there. Put up a statue to John Lewis. What black people are saying, we want to see our heroes represented. Where's the statue to James Baldwin and Langston Hughes? Where's the statue to the actors and actresses who had to put up with endemic racism? Where's the statue to Nat King Cole? And the statue to Miles Davis and and entertainers who had to walk through the colored section, but go on stage and perform and then had to get on a bus that said coloreds only. Drink only a coloreds water fountain and they just perform for you. Where's the statue to those folks? Equal. We should all be equal. We need to level this playing field so that America can be the great country that she says she is and that she has the potential to be. Don't ignore what you're seeing in the streets. Ignorance is not going to be bliss in this situation because the reckoning has come. The reckoning, the folks you see in the street are just instruments of the reckoning. God, whom you believe in as Christians, God is ordering the reckoning because you conquered and enslaved and raped people while holding the Bible in one hand. You conquered and enslaved people and told them God said that they should bow down to the white man. So God is now showing you, I never said that. 
He allowed you to proliferate because he was going to bring you to your knees to this reckoning. We haven't come to our knees yet. He's still giving you a chance to right the wrong. Are you going to America? No, you're not. You enjoy your place of privilege and you think it's going to continue. In fact, most of you don't even worship God anymore. You're so rich. It's generational now. You are like, we don't need God. We have money. We can go buy health if we want. Today, we can get an organ transplant and still tick, tick, tock, tick, tock. Get a new heart. Buy it from somebody. Get a new kidneys. Get a new lung. Buy it from somebody. You have the technology now. You have fresh drinking running water in your homes. You have electricity. You have more than you need. Your generations are rich 125 lifetimes. So you don't need God. And God is sitting there watching and saying, okay. I'm about to show you who is really the boss. You think you're the boss. I'm about to show you who the boss is. We've got to, the reason these statues, statues place us in a moment in history. It is a recording of an event that took place. Now the rest of the population is saying, well, who did that event glorify? Who did that event benefit? Who are the beneficiaries of that event? It's not the rest of us. So if it is only for one group of the population, we need to make it and level the playing field so the rest of us have statues to ourselves. There are so many other people we can celebrate. You've heard of Miranda rights? Well, that was as a result of a Hispanic lady, a Latino lady. Where is her statue? Yeah? Where's her statue? All the people who had to fight and who fought for recognition in Hollywood, who were people of color, they were Latinas and they were black. Where are their statues? Why are their descendants still not running Hollywood and still not a part of it? Tyler Perry had to go create his own Hollywood, away from Hollywood, because Hollywood refuses refuses to this day to pay black actors and actresses 20 million a film, but will pay a white girl with no name, with no darn talent. Some of these people who are acting today, I'm like, uh, this, the actors and actresses of old would l- cry a river to see the quality of acting coming out of Hollywood, but they're getting paid 20 million a picture just because they opened their legs, just because they're willing to take their clothes off. No talent. Meanwhile, Latinos, Arabs, and every other ethnic group in the country have talent. And they won't be acknowledged or recognized. Where is the America that was the city on a shining hill? Your luster kind of diminished over the years. And I'm afraid the tale of two cities is marching upwards in your face. Don't worry, it will get to Europe. But this time, America isn't going to liberate. Then we'll be sitting right over here on this side of the Atlantic saying, oh, that's your problem. Hmm. Sucks to be you. We got Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. I'm busy over here. <laughs> I got to watch this. Bye. Hello. Who is calling? Europe? Uh, wrong number. Boom. Not answering. Because now, in the midst of a pandemic, Americans still want to travel. I mean, 
if you're not affected, you're kind of like, I'm tired of being here. I just want to go somewhere. So we'll still go travel. And Europe, being Europe, because of course, they were the, the, the creators of white supremacy. What are they saying? Well, you peons in America don't deserve to come to our country. Well, stay over there. And we ain't going to buy your goods. So keep your overpriced merchandise anyway. Let's see how long that lasts. It's crazy. You push us into this place. You don't want us to ever get to the point where we say, we ain't going to buy your stuff. We got the buying power. It's the craziest thing. You were the creators of white supremacy. It was white Europeans who went to Africa and kidnapped Africans and brought them to the Americas. Let's just be clear. America was created out of that. It was white Europeans. It was their idea. America had not been as nation good yet. Let us just be clear. So if they're tearing down statues, they're tearing down monuments that remind all of us of the oppression that we endured that still exists today in our DNA that the science of epigenetics confirm and affirm that we are descendants of violent encounters. We're descendants of violence all the time. And that if we want change, it has to come because they're going to kneel on our necks. They're going to shoot us in the backs. They're going to hang us from trees. And even while we are asleep in our beds, they were still not safe because they can come and shoot you eight times as if nothing happened. Robert Fuller was hung from a noose at a city hall in California. Nobody ain't gotten uh, fired. There's nobody who is paying a price for that. Breonna Taylor's killers are still walking around like nothing happened. David McAtee's killers are still walking around. Hey, level the playing field, white America. Come on now. Open up the doors. You better let this thing go because it's not yours alone. You've been holding on to it. You better let it go. There's a reckoning and the reckoning has started. It's starting right now. Whether you like it or not, you can bring out all the soldiers you want. People are going to be willing to give their lives up because they have had enough. After all, they're saying, what do I have to lose? Go back to oppression? Go back to being kicked out because they lost a job due to a virus that did not even originate in America? The virus didn't come from America. It didn't even originate here. It came from somewhere else that you could have controlled, but you let it run its course. And then you want to strike down healthcare. So vulnerable people right now on ventilators, vulnerable people who are sick right now, and those who have not yet gone into the emergency room, who will by the end of this day, by the end of tomorrow, you're going to strike it down. All right, get ready, get ready. Get ready. It's happening. Whether you are ready for it or not. I'm watching the state of Texas. And I remember how that governor and Senator Ted Cruz laughed at the rest of us about wearing masks. Laughed at the rest of us the rest of us about social distancing. Laughed like it could never happen in Texas. Guess what? Texas is about to be inundated. They are out of ICU beds in Houston. They're out of ICU beds in in Austin, Texas, out completely, 108% out. But they were laughing a few months ago that this was a hoax 
and that this was a made up scenario. That is presumption and assumption of power that you don't have. The power does not belong in your hands. Let's just be clear. The power belongs in God's hands. You believe in God? Seriously? So you thought that because for 400 years God let you get away with it, he was never going to call it. The Bible says a day unto the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day. Your 400 years was like one day. And the reckoning, God has called it. And he said enough. I've heard the suffering of the people. It's enough. 400 years. Because the Bible says a day unto the Lord is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day statues seriously uh-uh i believe now is the time we've got to change it the statues are coming down because you weren't willing to listen to the conversation we've been trying to have this conversation going on 200 years we've been trying to say let us give us our piece of the pie We've been saying, talk to us, make it equitable so my kids can go to school. My children can go to college and when they graduate, they can get jobs just like your kids can. We've been saying, give us the same rate of interest so I can buy a house and a car. Give us the same rate of interest. No, we've been trying to have this conversation. Multiple opportunities, but instead it became multiple opportunities for more oppression. Redlining, inequities in healthcare, inequities in education, inequities in housing, inequities in corporate America. It is so pervasive, you would have thought, well, maybe if we give the workers at McDonald's $10 an hour, what about the people in corporate structures who are doing the work but are not getting paid and are not getting promoted because of the color of their skin? Think about that. As you look across the country, how many black people and Latinos are, are, are CEOs? Let me just stop. How many black people, because maybe there are some white Latinos who are hiding under the guise of being white, so maybe they're not coming forward. They're, they're ashamed or afraid. I don't know. How many blacks are in positions of power in corporate America whose hands are not tied? Want me to tell you stories about people who were removed from their positions when they got sick at SunTrust Bank? You want me to tell you stories about people who were removed from their positions because of the color of their skin. Not because they lacked the ability to do the job, but because of their color. That's the reckoning. Remember this, a day unto the Lord, the God you believe in and the God you claim to serve. You believe in Christianity. Christianity was started by a brown-skinned man from the Mediterranean. He was an unarmed brown man. Who faced the same system of oppression from the Roman Empire that had taken over his land and he said enough was enough and started telling his people let my people go let my people be free and they killed him while hung him up on a cross it's no different than the noose you hung in Bubba Wallace's garage same thing where are you going to put the noose on a tree they hung that man on a tree. I know you whitewashed the gospel out. And said, this is a nice story. If we tell the story, we could go tell the story and get more people to vote for us and we could get more people to listen to us so we can continue to oppress them. So let's whitewash the story. When I was growing up, every depiction of Jesus was a white man. Blonde hair and blue eyes. 
I kept reading the Bible like, wait, I thought Israel was in near to Northern Africa, near to Egypt. So how a blonde, so then I started, it made me go to read history some more. So there were blonde, blue-eyed people over there. Made me go read history. And I'm like, there's a disconnect here. I kid you not. Want to put up a statue? Put up a statue to Jesus Christ. He was unarmed and a brown man. And they killed him for telling the truth. They killed him because he said, let my people go. They killed him because he said, enough is enough. The system of oppression is enough. They killed him because he went into the temple, destroyed their systems of commerce. I said, you have turned this into a den of thieves. This was not what my father wanted. So what you got, no wonder Martin Luther King was shot. Mega Evers and all the freedom fighters, they were shot and killed because they dared to echo the same things, let my people go. That's why we don't like statues. They continually remind us that our black grandmothers were enslaved and had to feed white babies from their breasts and that they had periods and that they had to work in fields while they were having periods that they had to slave for the white woman who kicked and pushed them down slavery didn't just happen because a white man said something he got help from his white women that's why historically white women still don't like black women truth hurts doesn't it that's our reckoning america that's us. That's all how we started. And we got to fix it. So if the statues are coming down, you need to take a break. Sit down and ask yourselves, what does that statue represent? Does it represent the best of us? Does it make us the city, the shining city on a hill? Or is that statue a replica of the tale of two cities? My name is Harriet Kimmick. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been another episode off down to earth continue to enjoy my programming on iHeartRadio, spotify google Podcasts, and apple Podcasts. while you're out today and while you're shopping get a copy of my book through the fire help us to make a difference to people who are suffering from violence we need this money we need your support to help us to keep our shelter going thank you so much it's through the fire it's available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com for more information please visit my website www.harrietcamock.com And for those folks in Belgium today, mm, we're taking notes. Just know that we are taking notes on this side of the pond. Thank you so much, everybody. Be blessed. Hey, thanks so much. Be blessed.